One might pass, but three? All three, forever useless to be fed while he lived, and what would become of the land when he died? This must be seen to. He would sacrifice his convictions. One day he told his wife, See what your God will do for us. Pray for some masses. Susan embraced her man. He stood unbending, then turned on his heels and went out. But afterwards, when a black soutan darkened his doorway, he did not object. He even offered some cider himself to the priest. He listened to the talk meekly, went to the mass between the two women, accomplished what the priest called his religious duties at Easter. That morning he felt like a man who had sold his soul. In the afternoon he fought ferociously with an old friend and neighbor who had remarked that the priests had the best of it and were now going to eat the priest-eater. He came home, disheveled and bleeding, and happening to catch sight of his children, they were kept generally out of the way, cursed and swore incoherently, banging the table. Susan wept. Madame Lavelle sat serenely unmoved. She assured her daughter that it will pass, and, taking up her thick umbrella, departed in haste to see after a schooner she was going to load with granite from her quarry. A year or so afterwards the girl was born a girl. Jean-Pierre heard of it in the fields and was so upset by the news that he sat down on the boundary wall and remained there till the evening, instead of going home as he was urged to do. A girl. He felt half-cheated. However, when he got home, he was partly reconciled to his fate. One could marry her to a good fellow, not to a good-for-nothing, but to a fellow with some understanding and a good pair of arms. Besides, the next may be a boy, he thought course, they would be all right. His new credulity knew of no doubt. The ill luck was broken. He spoke cheerily to his wife. She was also hopeful. Three priests came to that christening, and Madame Lavelle was godmother. The child turned out to be an idiot, too. Then, on market days, Jean-Pierre was seen bargaining bitterly, quarrelsome and greedy, then getting drunk with taciturn earnestness, then driving home in the dusk at a rate fit for a wedding, but with a face gloomy enough for a funeral. Sometimes he would insist on his wife coming with him, and they would drive in the early morning, shaking side by side on the narrow seat above the helpless pig, that, with tied legs, grunted a melancholy sigh at every rut. The morning drive through silent, but in the evening coming home, Jean-Pierre tipsy, was viciously muttering and growled at the confounded woman who could not rear children that were like anybody else's. Susan, holding on against the erratic swayings of the cart, pretended not to hear. Once, as they were driving through Plamore, some obscure and drunken impulse caused him to pull up sharply opposite the church. The moon swam amongst light white clouds, the tombstones gleamed pale under the fretted shadows of the trees of the churchyard. Even the village dogs slept. Only the nightingales, awake, spun out the thrill of their song above the silence of the graves. Jean-Pierre said thickly to his wife, "'What do you think is there?' He pointed his whip at the tower, in which the big dial of the clock appeared high in the moonlight, like a pallid face without eyes, and getting out carefully, fell down at once by the wheel." He picked himself up and climbed one by one the few steps to the iron gate of the churchyard. He put his face to the bars and called out indistinctly, Hey there, come out. Jean, return, return, entreated his wife in low tones. He took no notice and seemed to wait there. 
The song of the nightingales beat on all sides against the high walls of the church and flowed back between the stone crosses and flat gray slabs, engraved with words of hope and sorrow. "'Eh, come out!' shouted Jean-Pierre loudly. The nightingales ceased to sing. "'Nobody,' went on Jean-Pierre. "'Nobody there, a swindle of the crows. That's what this is. Nobody anywhere. I despise it. Elise hoop. He shook the gate with all his strength, and the iron bars rattled with a frightful clanging like a chain dragged over stone steps. A dog nearby barked hurriedly. Jean-Pierre staggered back, and after three successive dashes got into his cart. Susan sat very quietly and still. He said to her with drunken severity, "'Say, nobody. I've been made a fool. Mother, somebody will pay for it.